Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Ladies and gents, welcome back once again, All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden. If you're watching us on YouTube, like and subscribe and comment, school in the chat. If you're listening to us, make sure you give us a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Most importantly, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about what, we get, what we're doing here and what we have going on. On this episode, jam-packed episode once again, Unfortunately, we have to tap back into what happened this past Sunday. Detroit Lions recap. Of course, with that being said, let's look to the future. Let's get ready for the Colts preview. And also, we love to tap into the more updated firing-like news in regards with the NFL, college football, and maybe entertainment as well. Stay tuned. We're back. Now it's time to hit our school check-in. And listen, I didn't get a chance to give you guys a recap about my experience in Minnesota, in the bank. But two weeks ago, I had an opportunity to watch a game live in Minnesota, the Vikings versus the Jets, and the skull chant <laughs> was amazing. I mean, everybody was on the same page. If you know you better, you thought it was like planned in regards to all the fans in the stadium and just being on beat. That was amazing. That's off my bucket list. I can, I can. Really what I tell you about it. the atmosphere, though. Oh no question. Listen, yeah. I, I, listen. I understand. You know, you just lost to the Detroit Lions, but you take care of your business. One thing we will know for sure: you will have at least one game, playoff game, there yeah. in that atmosphere, Pat P. Yeah, that's big. That's huge. That is big. On that is big. Advantage in the playoff is humongous. No question. So, shouts out to everyone that was there. Watching me and my guy do our podcast live at the end, in the end of the at the end of the game, fans were still there in their luxury suites, you know, floor side. It wasn't court side, <laughs> but it was floor side checking us out. So that experience was amazing. Now let's tap into the most recent experience. Unfortunately, the Vikings took an L, thirty-four to twenty-three. There, there was something extremely fishy about this game, Pat P. And when when we did our show after the Jets game. The line wasn't officially out, but you know, I'm a betting man. Mm -hmm. You guys were underdogs. Yep. 10 and 2, traveling to Detroit. I think you were getting two points, two and a half, or maybe three points, depending on where you were shopping. That line was fishy for me. I stayed away from it because one thing about the odd makers out in Vegas, they're great at what they do, yeah. and they're more right than wrong. So that line was fishy. The Detroit Lions clearly playing some inspired football. But 
before the game even kicked off, Pat P, there was some not so good news coming from Minnesota. Sunday morning, we all learned that Harrison, the hitman Smith, would be out. Tell us, man, how big of a blow was it for you guys knowing that you won't have one of your best players on your team not in the lineup defensively? Well, you know, it's always a big blow when you're missing, you know, one of your leaders, one of your captains, one of your, you know, big play making ability guys, you know, off the field on Sunday. That's always a big blow. But, you know, we have all the confidence in the world. And Josh, you know, I, I thought he came in and did a great, a great job. Got his first interception last uh, the first meeting against the, the Detroit Lions, um, you know, so just something that, you know, that we knew going into the game that we was going to have to deal with. I thought the safeties did a great job of communicating, you know, throughout that game. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we wish it's a couple of plays that we wish we had back early, especially in that first half. But for the most part, um, you know, his presence was definitely missed on the field um, because, you know, he's seen so much football. Maybe he's able to put guys in better positions, better checks, or whatever the case may be. But um, missing him, uh, not having him on the field uh, Sunday was a, was a big blow. But I did think Josh stepped in and did a great job. So let me ask you this question. Did you guys prepare for Harrison to not be in the lineup, or was he getting reps with the ones leading up to the Lions game? You know, he was limited. You know, we didn't uh-huh. know, you know, what the, you know, what the, final answer was going to be un- until game day, you know, and you know, obviously we need him for the long haul. I don't want to put him in harm's way mm-hmm. by any stretch of imagination. You know, so, you know, the coaching staff, medical staff and himself thought it was best for him to sit this game out, you know, give the duties to Josh, you know, was very comfortable with handing those duties over to him, you know, because like I said, he's a, a very, very smart, um, intelligent football player that's always ready when his number is called, you know, so, but unfortunately we didn't make enough plays Sunday to come out on top. You know, how has a pretty consistent rotation in the secondary impacted the team? (laughs) Because it seems like every week there's a different rotation. There's a different, you know, set of guys in the game, in the game, in the secondary specifically speaking. And, And I know playing firsthand, it's hard to gain chemistry when it's never the same starters, but how has that impacted you guys in the back end? Because you've been dealing with so many injuries to key well, guys. Well, you know, you know, it's always tough, you know, like you said, trying to build a chemistry when you, you know, plugging guys in each and every week, but at the same time, that's the nature of the business. You have to be ready when your number is called. And, you know, we haven't really been able to get in a, into a, a groove, especially late in the season, um, thus far starting around like week seven, week eight, when we first lost Cam. Um, you know, in that stretch, um, losing Harrison for a game, Mm -hmm. you know, so not having the guys, you know, that started the season out there uh, can definitely throw a monkey wrench, you know, into things, you know, but, you know, we have to, we have to keep rolling, you know, we're not the only team that's, you know, suffering injuries, Um, you know, other teams across the league is, you know, suffering injuries. It's all about how you overcome those injuries and, and, and how those guys respond, you know, when the opportunity is called. Individually speaking, Pat P, you've been the one constant guy in the secondary. You've played the second most snaps of any cornerback in the league, only trailing a rookie, Roger McCary, who we <laughs> had on the show uh, some, some time back, 10 years younger than you, by the way. But tell us, how is your body holding up at this point in the season to be so reliable when it comes to snaps, reps, uh, and the, et cetera? Man, honestly, Matt, that's just been my MO throughout my career. You know, I've 
you know, my first, you know, 10 years, you know, well, obviously I think now in 12 years, I think I only missed 10 games, mm-hmm. you know, maybe out of a, you know, a hundred and something, 90 games eligible to play or whatever, however many games I was eligible, eligible to play. It just, you know, I feel great to answer the first part of your question. The body yeah. feels great, but, you know, it just goes into, you know, the off season, you know, how I take care of my body. And, you know, a lot of it is mental too. Mm-hmm. You know, how you approach it mentally, you know what I mean? So I think a combination of all of that, you know, and just being, you know, smart about, you know, how I'm spending my free time, you know, you know, making sure that I'm not on my feet for, you know, no reason, you know, doing, you know, active recovery, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, getting in my chamber, you know, doing, you know, all of my hyper ice, you know, using all of my hyper ice gadgets, you know, so just doing all the things that, you know, doing the boring stuff, you know, I always tell myself, don't get bored with the board, you know, mm, so I like that. I that's like something that. that's kept me consistently in the lineup. That's something that's kept me healthy, um, kept me upright and feeling great. So and drinking you know, why, the sprites. Oh, yeah. And the sprites and, and my sprites. So, you know, why, <laughs> you know, get off path, you know, so it's something that's been good to me. And I'm going to continue to do it as long as I um as long as the body hold up. Drinking strawberry sprites. <laughs> Who would have thought Tropical. that's the key? Tropical sprite, man. Tropical. I'm sorry. Tropical. Who would have thought? And oh, by the way, I didn't get a chance to holler at you about this. You know our high school basketball teams faced off about two weeks ago. Oh, what happened? Man, you know that what y'all used to call it the ET Express. It ain't express no more. Yeah, man, they got rid of my coach Randall, man. The greatest, greatest brow kind of coach, basketball coach, 5A, 6A, whatever 8A is right now, ever. This man ever? has won multiple back-to-back championships. I believe I had to shoot. I sponsored about five championships teams, so hell, <laughs> we like the Lakers, damn it. <laughs> yeah, well, you're in the Lakers of old when you guys faced off against the Mustangs because we took care of business, and, and I'm not surprised because we beat you on the football field and we beat you on the court. So what you y'all doing the playoffs? Just... Huh? What y'all doing the playoffs? Y'all, y'all oh, we didn't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Y- y'all were undefeated this year. Football. Ely was. Yeah, I heard we lost to St. Thomas. Yeah, y'all had a nice little stick this year. Yeah, man. I heard we a good thing. I heard we got we got rid of the principal. Thank God. You wasn't heard, a fan. We got a, a new principal. Matter of fact, they said the guy who's the principal now, I cannot remember his name. My boy Ryan Lewis keep me on the update. Well, mm-hmm. my, my Blanche Ely News, shout out to Ryan Lewis, defensive coordinator at uh, Alabama State right now. Yeah, no, uh, no yeah, question. Gonna, What's happening, yeah, Ryan? Yeah, Lou Dog going to be a, a head coach here pretty soon. Uh, but shout out to Lou. Um, but yeah, man. Um, yeah, I forget his name. I forgot what Ryan told me his name, but he he's a grade ahead of me. So he's a he's an 07 class, but now mm-hmm. he's the principal there. I got to get his name at Blanche Ely. But we're bringing some of the old roots back, man. That's good. And I'm happy to see the turn uh, with principles. Yeah, but you owe me some boss water. Man, I don't know you no water, man. We ain't even bet on huh? the game. Huh? That's, just a, that's just a bet. What do you mean? Anytime no, you go out to no, play no, no, Ely, no, 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 that, no. Should... that was not never established. So, what? I would have sent you your tropical sprite. Why are you looking like that? I would have sent you your tropical sprite if you guys. No, you wouldn't. Have. I ain't know nothing. I ain't even know nothing about this game. I, I wouldn't that. have said nothing. if you would have said we won. I would have said, "Oh man, congratulations on another another dub with the tie." I wouldn't have expected no no sprite from you. Mm, I don't like that. I think you should give me boss water. 
I mean, if we're gonna do that, let's we need to make that a standard now. If if we're saying every time our team match up, it's a sprite involves bet. We never said that. Did you ever pay me for Florida State beat you? Come on, Matt. My what? Come on, Matt. I'm just asking my bet. I'm sorry. You know, I've been, oh, I've been concussed. I'm just first sorry. of all, I won the last bet and you sent me my tropical sprites. I sent first, you your cases. Yeah, I sent you your cases. So let's not uh, you you only as good as your last battle, my guy. And I'm that's up. what they say. You only as good as your last fight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna I'm I'm as oh, Red God, said man. on Friday, I'm gonna tuck my chain. In. I'm gonna tuck my chain in. Your sugar levels look seem a little higher. A1C, man. Calm down. <laughs> hey, so let's get back to Vikings defense, right? For a good chunk of the season, you guys have been really good at the bend but don't break mentality. But as of late, we've seen some breaks recently. What has contributed to some of those issues and what needs to be done to fix those issues? Uh Man, just trying to figure out a way, new routes to get to the quarterback. Uh-huh. Like I said last week, teams are doing a, a really, really good job of, you know, trying to neutralize our pass rush, you know, um, especially when we rely on our pass rush and our coverage to marry um, with each other, you know. So I think just finding new ways on on how to attack the passer, you know, to, to, to make the, uh, the pocket a little bit more cloudier than it has been. Um, and, and like I said, marriaging, you know, that that rushing coverage together and being on the same page is the biggest thing, communicating, you know, making sure that especially on the back end, guys are on the same page because we can't have, you know, one guy thinking one thing and the other three guys are playing something else. No question. That's always a recipe for disaster, you know, so just co- continuing to harp on the little things, harp on the details and, um, you know, finding ways to you know, maximize, you know, your complete focus, you know, for 60 minutes throughout a game. And and talking about focus and playing for 60 minutes, some recent stats in regards to some of the issues that we're seeing from the defense. Vikings are last in yards allowed as a defense at 24th in points allowed, 400 plus total yards allowed in five straight games. Logan's NFL streak this season, 300 plus passing yards allowed in five straight games, one shy of matching longest streak in the NFL as well, which is they're not good streaks to be a part of. You're still winning ball games, but you have to show up on the little things, as you mentioned. One thing that I'm seeing from the far, big splash plays. And what yeah. I call splash plays, plays are 20 yards or longer. That's considered a splash. Seeing that oh. surface. And I think you talked about communicating. That could be a big issue in regards to where we're seeing some splash-like plays in the secondary where guys are not close to the pass catcher in regards to coverage. I know what we used to do in Pittsburgh when we used to have bad games, everybody be ready to jump off the train because they think we sad and everything like that. The week of practice, man, it, it, you couldn't hear anything outside of us talking to each, to each other. By playing, you know, curl flat, I got the flats, we communicated. If I got number two, I got number three, everybody would be communicating because we felt like sometimes during ball games, and it's hard to kind of communicate because it's already so loud, but sometimes we felt like we were sitting in the library. It was too quiet. Right. Ain't nobody talking. You know, that's another form of getting yourself ready as well. When you're talking, when you're already involved involved verbally, then, of course, your body will follow that same tone. So just communicate. And the thing was, though, Pat P, you guys, the bend but don't break mentality was definitely intact against the Jets because they did some damage in between the 20s. But anytime they got in the red zone, you guys buckled down. Right. You know, we didn't see the same red zone defensive efficiency 
against the Detroit Lions. But one thing about good teams, you guys have found ways to bounce back after showcasing a bad performance. So let's see what you have in store this week against the Jets. I'm sorry, the Colts. One huge play that was basically the say-all, be-all in the Detroit Lions matchup was a great call, by the way, with Detroit. But what did you see on the Pinate Swell play that the rest of the team wasn't able to catch on, which was a tackle-eligible play? Yeah, they they actually ran that play early in the game, and they they handed it off to Swift, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? So that was the second time they ran that play? Yeah, so they set that play up really well. A great play call, you know, completely off guard. Wouldn't wouldn't have expected that any day of the week, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in that that situation, third and seven, you know, two something, you know, two minutes and something uh, odd seconds left on the clock, and you're throwing it to an offensive lineman. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and especially how they dressed it up and, and sent them on a jet motion. Like no one's thinking that, you know, alignment is going out for a, pla- a pass or out to the flat. You know, you typically think of those, you know, those type of plays down. In the and and basically one of their best linemen. So you talk right. about that jet motion. You're thinking maybe they're going to run it right, right behind yeah. them. He could be the lead yeah. blocker. Yeah. So everything about that play as they, as a setup was definitely, as you, as you mentioned on point. Yeah, it was a great setup and they got us, they got us for sure on our heels and, Great play call by Detroit and Dan Campbell and his staff. Yeah, and you one thing I you know you talk about all the time is you know finishing in the game right before half on a good note. You always talk about scoring before halftime, right? But unfortunately, you had a fumble uh, down near the goal line. How challenging was that? How challenging was that moment for you guys right before halftime when you had an opportunity to put points on the scoreboard? You know that was big. You know you always want to try to find a way to get points or takeaway points from the opposing team in those situations. Um, I didn't even see what happened. I was mm-hmm. honestly going over my two-minute card because, you know, obviously we're in field goal range, or scoring range. I think it was like a a goal down, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember how close we were. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my two-minute cards, you know, going over the routes that we can expect for Detroit, you know, to run on us because it was right before it, was, it wasn't two-minute warning yet. So we knew these guys were going to be aggressive. And I just hear the crowd go crazy. And next thing you know, I hear this defense, defense up, defense. I'm like, oh, what happened? What the heck happened? And next thing you know, um, you see the replay, Dalvin ended up fumbling mm-hmm. uh, football. Um, good news is we didn't end up giving them, you know, they missed the field goal before halftime. So yep. they didn't end up getting points. So um, sudden change on the defensive side of the ball, uh, one for the good guys. But unfortunately, we still didn't do enough, you know, to win yep. that game. Where do the Lions deserve the most credit for their play on Sunday and their inspired play as of late? Man, you know, the, the Lions always play tough. They always play gritty. They always play to the to the whistle. You know, they just, for some reason, used to always just find ways to beat themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, them, those guys are feeling uh, very confident about themselves, very confident about the scheme that, you know, Dan Campbell and um, – uh, Aaron Glenn has in place on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And um, and it just seemed like they got the right nucleus now, you know, as far mm-hmm. as with young players, old guy, uh, older guys, um, a quarterback that, that they can trust, you know, throwing the ball in any situation, um, a nice running game, a defense that's getting better week in and week yeah. out. You know, so they got a nice recipe for success. You know, they just have to continue relying on one another and just see where it takes them. But, you know, you can yeah. just tell that they got something going over there for sure. 
No doubt, no doubt. And they play you guys first the first time, so of course they wanted to try to get some get back, and they were able to do so. A non-Lions note, Adam Thielen was named the Vikings Man of the Year. He was named the Vikings Man of the Year candidate. Uh, what does he mean, you know, to the organization? Man, Adam means the world to the organization, not only to the organization, but to to the community, being a local, you know, from here, you know, pretty much going, coming up, you know, through the roots, you know, with the, you know, not only through with the Minnesota, you know, Vikings uh, organization, but like I said, through the communities, um, throughout the churches, you know, mm. uh, just so many people that he's been able to touch, you know, over here, over the years, being a professional, you know, just the grit that he show and has, um, it, you know, it just, it just, it just, it just gives so many young, not only undrafted players, but guys who feel like they are you no know, less fortunate than the than the next guy, as far as a talent standpoint. You know, he give those guys that hope, and give those guys that 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 fight, and you know, and it's very very um, amazing to see. You know, he he he's getting his recognition because you know, obviously being a uh, a fourth you know of his you know throughout the years and now being a teammate mm -hmm. being able to see how he move up and close um is really remarkable man and so uh congratulations to adam on uh being the the minnesota vikings candidate um as a 2022 walter Payton man of the year you know go out and vote i don't know i don't know how it how it works i don't know if there's a committee that vote or whatever but um he's a guy that definitely is uh well deserving no question shouts out to adam Again, making that making that list being the Viking man of the year, as 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 Pat P just mentioned, well deserved, well deserved. Well, got to take care of some bills, but when we come back, it's time to tap into what's next for the Minnesota Vikings. The Indianapolis Colts come to town. Stay tuned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. Next ball game for Pat P and the Minnesota Vikings, the Indianapolis Colts coming to town. This game was moved to Saturday, meaning your next two matchups, Pat P. I don't know if you know this, if you're aware, they will be played on Saturday. Do you like playing a day early compared to playing on Sunday, especially towards the latter part of the season? I think this might be my first time playing on Saturday. Well, I think we play, I played a playoff, a playoff game, Green Bay in 2015 on a Saturday. I'm not mistaken, yeah. but I think you played Arizona and Carolina. That playoff game, I think, was on Saturday too. No, that was Sunday. That was Sunday. Yeah, that was Championship Sunday. I remember that one. Okay, and it, uh, both games on Sundays. Championship games are always on Sundays. Yeah, championship games always on Sunday. Yeah, that was that was an NFC Championship game. Oh, that was. That's yeah. the year Carolina won the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. We had the last game because uh, Patriots and Denver played the early game in Denver. Sure enough. Yeah, you sure enough right. Yeah, but um, this is my first time playing on a Saturday regular season, so this is a, a first for me. So mm. I'm actually pretty excited about it because, you know, um, it's a lot of firsts for me this season. You know, Thanksgiving. First time playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, you know, first time playing on back-to-back Saturdays, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I think I've ever played on Christmas Eve before. So uh, this season is pretty uh, memorable for me. So um, I don't mind playing on Saturday, you know, have an opportunity to kick back and watch some games on Sundays. You know, I love to watch, mm-hmm. you know, whoever we're going to be playing, you know, the, the 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 next week or like to hear, you know, whatever the commentators are saying about, you know, maybe some of the things they, they may say it in, they, uh, in their um, uh, production meeting. You know, so just always trying to find a way to get a get ahead of the curve yep. uh, before the game. So, yeah, for the most part, I'll just be sitting around, you know, watching football. No doubt. No doubt. And the quarterback you're going against, Matt Ryan, who you faced quite a few times when he was thrown to Julio Jones in Atlanta Falcons uniform. Uh, but what's the difference in this Matt Ryan that you're seeing in a coach uniform? When you talk about being a bit older and not being as precise and accurate that we've seen throughout his tenure when he was in Atlanta. Uh, I'm probably just say the biggest thing is just, you know, because, you know, he's a pocket quarterback, you know, so mm-hmm. I just think like how funky uh, defenses are now or, you know, and how fast defenses are now is uh, really catching up, you know, especially with the pocket quarterbacks, you know, guys are just, so much more athletic than what they were, you know, 10 years ago, collectively, mm-hmm. you know, it's always maybe one or two guys that show, you know, crazy athletic ability on the defensive line, but hell it's three, four, five of them now, you know, so not being able to manipulate pocket, like you know, that uh, as he was, you know, back in his day. And I think, you know, obviously with age, it happens, you know, with all of us, just his arm, the pop off the uh, throwing the ball is not there. You know anymore, but he still can make you know the throws that he need to make you know to move the ball down the field, and that's just what great you know great guys, great players do. They find a way you know to utilize the strengths that they have you know present you know to try to keep them alive. So uh, we understand Matt is a, a savvy vet. We understand that he's seen a lot of coverages you know uh, throughout his time you know playing you know taking snaps from center. So um, we understand that, you know, he's going to give us his best shot, you know, so we have to make it, you know, as cloudy as we can, you know, at the, uh, in the pocket to try to force him to make as many, you know, errors as a, uh, on the back end. Yeah. And talking about the back end, of course, if Matt Ryan has time, he's going to throw it right. What are you learning about the wide receiver group? He has the luxury of throwing passes to particularly um, Michael Pittman Jr., who is their number one guy. Yeah, we uh we know Michael, you know, is their number one threat. You know, he he's a guy who who Matt definitely trusts, you know, but we also know that these guys have some very, very uh some nice speed on the out, out on the outside with uh what is it, my name? Alec. What's his yep. last name? Pierce. Pierce from Cincinnati, yeah. big body guy, <laughs> yeah, ball big type body guy. guy. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, that's, that's always that they're looking, you know, to try to take the top off the, uh, off the defense. So we got to understand where he is, um, for sure. Then you got, um, uh, Campbell, Campbell. 
Yep. Yeah, Paris Ohio Campbell. Who's a, yeah, Ohio State, who's a guy who's, you know, trying to continue to find his way, a uh, very elusive slot receiver um, that got great straight line speed as well. Um, you, you know, just, just for the most part, have to understand where he is. Mm-hmm. He pretty much tell you what route he's going to run, you know, so these guys have some weapons in the back. Oh, my goodness. Jonathan Taylor. We're talking about the bat that don't want to be tackled. <laughs> no he runs angry, you know, so we have to make sure that we understand where he is as well because a lot of their offenses ran, you know, through him, you mm-hmm. know, physically ran through him, so, you know, so um, all 11 guys going to have to bring their big boy pats and um, be ready um, to, to put a body on somebody uh, come Saturday because now with Jeff Saturday leading the guys, um, this is a very, very run first team that, mm-hmm. that want to oppose their will on the football game uh, if they could. What's the biggest thing you would like to see the defense get right on a Saturday against the Colts? The biggest thing from the defense. You know, what now you the playoffs, yeah, now the playoffs is about to start. Build that killer instinct, you know, continuing to 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 build that razor sharp communication. Um that's just the biggest thing for me, those two things, you know, because we play with a ton of energy every week. Um, you know, we're going to play to the end. You know, guys come out with, with great passion, uh, great fire. Now we just have to find a way to execute at a high level for 60 minutes. And, um, yeah, and everything else will take care of itself. One bright spot in regards to this ball game, you get a chance to see – a guy who you you've admired throughout his career, you and Stephon Gilmore. Oh, giddy. Yeah, no question. And get this, I don't know if you you were aware of this, Pat P, but you and Stephon Gilmore are the only cornerbacks ranked in PFF's top 10 that are in their 30s. What have Uh-oh. you admired about his career? Yes, PFF giving you some tribute. They've been giving you some tribute the entire year. You two guys <laughs> are the only two corners in your 30s that are in the top 10. Man, that's big, man. Um, man, that's crazy, man. Old Giddy just texted me. What today is? Tuesday. So yesterday, yeah, we're going to do a jersey swap, man. So Okay, so you already got that yeah, lined up. Yeah, we already got that lined up, man. Like I said, well, you already know how you know how I'm a, a huge fan of his over the years, what he was able to do in, in Buffalo, then taking his talents in, to New England, the short stint in uh, Carolina, mm-hmm. and now just continuing to, to, to leave his stamp um, there in, uh, in Indianapolis. So, um, guy that plays with great technique, great poise, um, a great, you know, tenacity weekend, a week out. He's a guy that's going to take your best guy out of the game. Um, just very sound technical, uh, technique wise. Um, yeah, man, just, he's, he's a guy that I just love to watch. You know, you don't, don't make many, many mistakes, you know, in his movements, not many, False steps, you know, very always patient with his eyes, you know, very patient, plays through the receiver, you know, when he has to, you know, just very, very instinctive. And there's not many guys, you know, like that, you know, in the league, you know, you you, you see a handful of them, but there's not many of them. He's he's one of those guys. Uh, he's a guy that's definitely on that list. I can tell you this much. I hope he's following Justin Jefferson because that's going to be a game within the game. You know, yeah. talking about Stephon Gilmore still playing a high level. And we all know how high uh, Justin Jefferson is playing right now. So that would be whew, a game within the game. So let's see if they feel like Stephon Gilmore should follow Justin Jefferson. Now it's B-Max prediction time. 
Last week, Eric, what did I have last week for the prediction? Did I that was did I give a prediction? I don't think you gave a prediction last I week. I didn't give it. That's what happened. Yeah. Dang it. That's Go what on, happened. Man. I she didn't give a prediction and y'all something. lose. Y'all lose. It's my fault. I'm sorry, Skull Nation. I'll take the blame for this one. I did not give a prediction for the Detroit Lions game, and you guys lose. I'll take it. Don't blame Pat P. Blame me, Skull Nation. Don't blame the Vikings. Blame me. But guess what? It won't happen this week. My prediction, I got it ready, locked and loaded. 23-13, Vikings win. Surrendering one touchdown, all field goals. And you're going to get a few sacks on Matt Ryan this week. Oh, yeah, we need A few sacks are coming. I just need you to bring me the football. So it's hopefully Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan going to try you with one of those 50-50 balls, too. It might be on the, the rookie, Pierce. He might try you. So I just need you to bring the football to me. That's it. Ain't no Mike. He going to try me. He going to try. He going to throw it. They going to they gonna throw it. That's one. Yeah. When you talk about one thing you got to understand, listeners and viewers, when you see quarterbacks that don't really trust their offensive line, they will throw it deep just to get it out of there. No question. Just to get it out of there. And with that being said, his offensive line has been atrocious, to say the least, the entire year. So, yes, Pat P, they're going to throw it. They're going to throw it. They're going to try it. He's going to try it. Yeah. That's my prediction. 23-13, Vikings win. And once again, I apologize, Skull Nation. I didn't give you guys a prediction for the Detroit Lions, and they lost. It's on me. I'm bouncing back this week. 23-13, Vikings win. Let's go. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. New original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Before we let you go, Pat P, of course, you know what we got to do. We got to tap into news throughout the NFL, college football, the whole nine. Deion Sanders hired at the University of Colorado. There's been a lot of back and forths going on with people's personal opinion in regards to what he did, leaving Jackson State, going to Colorado. I know you heard a little bit about the story. What are your thoughts on hearing Deion signing with Colorado and leaving Jackson State? Um, it's an upgrade, you know, like he talked about in his, I think in his interview, you know, when you're in this profession, you either Either elevated or terminated. No doubt about it. And if that was his, you know, his goal and his, you know, his aspirations to get a power five job and not be, you know, at the HBCU and and, and, and a great job came available. At the end of the day, look at it this way. Prime did everything that he said that he was going to do for Jackson State 
in the HBCU, which was what? Mm-hmm. Bring awareness. Give the ability for these kids to 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 experience what these power five, you know, uh, athletic programs are experienced, change their whole athletic department. These kids are traveling, was traveling on American Airlines instead of busing, you know, to, you know, to and from games. Under Armour was sponsored them, bought a great deal of awareness, not only to Jackson State, but to HBCU. HBCU. Don't forget, he was making $300,000. He gave half of that back, if not mistaken, to uh, JSU as well. Yeah, then college game day on a HBCU campus. What? Yeah. That ain't happening. So what he was able to do in such a short amount of time is remarkable. Because so many guys have came there and had those same goals and aspirations to bring awareness to HBCU, have guys get drafted, force the league or whoever that he did to to, to make a comeback for these kids so these kids can be seen because it's just as much talent at an HBCU HBCU campus than it is at a a Power 5. And a job came available that he wanted to move on to. Why? Would people hate him for doing that? I think a lot of people feel some type of way based on what he was saying when he first got there, you know, sparking change. And and like you said, the things that he was able to do in three years was significant. But I guess people felt like more change could have been accomplished if you stick it out. Then some people feel like he should have stuck it out, stuck it out for at least one full recruiting cycle, meaning go through four years with a class that you brought in. My only concern with this is when you talk about the things that Dion was able to do at Jackson State, well-documented, game-changing, not just for the football program, but for the entire HBCU, you know, nation in regards to all their schools. Um, and you talk about getting prominent high school prospects to say no to Power 5 schools to come to an HBCU school is something that we haven't seen. You know what I mean? But... Throughout that recruiting process, when he was recruiting some of these transfers, when he was recruiting some of these high school prospects and their parents or their guardians or whoever it was that was helping them make that decision, did he make it clear that if an opportunity was to surface, he probably would entertain that opportunity? I'm sure. No idea. I'm sure he did. Because I can tell you from a personal experience, one of the main reasons why I didn't go to Miami Butch Davis was the head coach at Miami at that time. He came into my house for a home visit. And at that time, he started to really re-energize the program down in Coral Gables. And I asked Coach Davis, I said, Coach, if I sign with Miami, will you be there with me while I'm there as a student athlete for the Hurricanes? He said, yes. I ain't believe him, though. Mm -hmm. I felt like, man, this man get an opportunity to go to the NFL. He's going to jump ship. He's going to go. Right. So, of course, I ended up going to Florida State because I knew Bobby wasn't going nowhere. He turned down opportunities to leave Florida State. He was right. going to be there throughout, throughout it all. And, you know, coaching change can be dramatic depending on who leaves yeah. and who comes in. <clears throat> so that is my only concern, something that I don't know personally. When you're talking to some of these kids that passed on Power 5 schools, when you're talking to some of these kids that were transferring from Power 5 schools to come to Jackson State, when you're talking to some of these prospects – that came to your program fresh out of high school, did was it, and I'm pretty sure these questions probably were asked, you know what I mean, from either the player or the parents. Did you say, nah, I'm gonna be here with you? Or did you say, you know what? 
I'll, I'll, I'll keep it real. I, enter, I will entertain it if it makes sense. If it makes sense, right. I will entertain those said opportunities. And like I said, knowing Prime, I'm, if that question was asked, I'm almost positive, a thousand percent sure, he kept it real and left mm-hmm. it on the table. Yeah. I mean, now you got to look at, I guess, what happens now to a lot of the kids that only went to Jackson State mostly because of Prime. You know what I mean? What happens to that group of kids that, yo, I could have went X, Y, and Z, but I came here because you were here. Now, will they follow him or will they stick it out of Jackson State? Will they go elsewhere? We have to wait and see. But that, that's my only concern in regards to Prime leaving. Was it known? Was, was he transparent in some of the recruiting dialogue going back and forth with so many players that he was able to get to Jackson State? Like, yo, I'm not going to lie. If I get an opportunity to go to a major school, I'm probably going to jump ship. Then also, too, you got to look at like this, Pat P. That was one of the bigger things he was emphasizing. You don't have to go to a power, power five school to be able to accomplish opportunities to get to the National Football League. Right. Like if you're telling a kid to not go to a power five school and they don't have to go, then you go to a power five. You know, some people are looking at that a little sideways as well. So. Yeah. But. At the same time, if you look at his whole message, right? His whole message is to provoke change, right? And how are you going to provoke change? By being, providing a coaching staff, providing a coaching tree like most of these other good head coaches do, and and start providing, getting these guys job opportunities at these power five getting these mm-hmm. guys in bigger positions because I think that's what the end goal is just not to be you know in control of no HBCU yeah that's all fine and Danny but guess where all the big money is made at well, guess where you get more notoriety at on yeah. a power five scale and Bright I think big by stage. him taking this job is I think he's taking this to now put to b- try to build his own coaching tree in the power five to get more of us in the coaching, uh, the, the coaching pot. Cause that's all it is. Coaching is just a big ass pot to where if you, if you coach before and somebody knew you and he got a co- another, uh, a coaching job, or they just gonna go to that pot. Mm-hmm. So now Dion is trying to create a pot for his own, which why could you be upset at that? If he's trying to still put guys in position to be in powerful positions. Yeah. I mean, that, and I agree with you. I think it's always going to be the question of you basically did what you were telling some of the prospects to not do. You know what I mean? Like, don't go here, come here, because everything that you can accomplish there, we can do here, but then you leave. Now, granted, as you mentioned, it could be it's a bigger pot to be stirred when it comes to opportunities and helping other people out, which he will do. But that, I think, is one of the bigger questions in, 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 in regards to people who feel some type of way with him leaving Jackson State. It's like, well, dang, your whole recruiting pitch was don't go to the Miamis of the world or the LSUs of the world. Come here. We can do the same thing. With but minimal I think resources. At that time, what he was doing, why he was selling that pitch was to bring the awareness to the HBCUs. And that was the only way that he was going to do it to, to get the kids 
from going to from a power five. And I'm sure, like I said, as knowing as blunt and straightforward as Dion is, I'm almost positive he told his team, just like when he broke the news, it wasn't like, oh, they ain't hear it from, they ain't see it breaking news somewhere. He came and told his players before it even broke. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he even told his guys, you know, lead into the whole process. Hey, like he, I'm sure he told Jackson State, hey, because they had to give him permission to talk to other people. So it's not like they, it, it caught them off surprise. I'm sure they knew going into this, if Dion gets a bigger opportunity, we know he's going to take it. Hmm. Or you think Jackson State is like, man, we so appreciative of what he was able to do in this short amount of time. They got nothing bad to say about Dion. It's not like he just up and left them. I'm sure he told them people of a bigger job. I'm coming here to put y'all on, right? Mm-hmm. Bigger opportunity come available for me. And I did everything I told you I was going to come here to do. The rest going to be on y'all. He wasn't no going there to looking to retire, be there for 10, 20 years. He was going there to bring, to start something great, pass it on to somebody, move on to a bigger, a bigger platform to pick, put, to put more of us on because that is the downfall right now. We don't you have about us in position to put other of us in that position as and well. And you talked about something, you said something real key right there passing it along to the next person. So let me ask you this question. How can HBCUs remain as relevant as as they've been while Dion was at Jackson State, knowing that he's no longer there? What could be done to keep that sense of being relevant? I feel like they have two great heads. And I don't know know much about HBCUs, but I know there's Eddie George. I know there's- And Hugh uh, Jackson. Hugh Jackson, guys who have great NFL experience. I'm sure that they're going to not necessarily take the blueprint, but they still have guys there that was in the cycle, you know, while while Dion was there. So he saw the culture that he was able to build. So now they may be able to take pages out of his book or seeing, oh, this is how he was able to recruit guys. Maybe stepping up their social media. I think that was huge for Dion in the HBCUs, being different from, you know, the other ones by having – social media, having, you know, guys being uh, filmed in the locker room, giving the fans a more inside perspective. He just gave those guys the blueprint on how to take it to the next level. Now it's on them to, to study that blueprint because this blueprint was very successful. And now you got two guys who played, who coached in the league, Eddie Joe, Eddie Joe, uh, uh, George, who played in the league, a, a great, you know, uh, NFL great, now he can continue to elevate it. And now when I say passing on, now other former uh ball players who gonna wanna uh who gonna wanna coach after they're done. Now the door is wide open now. So yeah. now you get more of those guys in there to continue to bring change, continue to bring awareness, and to keep and, and continue to blow it up. That's what I mean by passing it on. That's what I mean by Dion started something that he said he was gonna start. Now it's up to these these other guys who who's now going to come behind him to follow that blueprint and make it to their own. And I think it's up to the powers that be that have a lot of say so in regards to HBCUs reaching out to people in regards to media outlets, trying right. to find a way to get your product on a bigger stage for and us that's to see. That's what Prime did. He built and, relationships. And like the Orange Blossom classic with Jackson State and fam you, right? The first Labor Day Sunday uh, uh, in September, 
that's a national game, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen some other classics uh, that are seen on a national stage. Reaching out to these media outlets to be able to be able to show your product on a bigger stage. You know what I mean? Maybe it should be a, a, a priority for, you know, game day to go to one HBCU game once oh, yeah. a year where, where yep. they're there. Like, that, that's a written rule. You know what I mean? Make that a priority to be able to assist uh, what they're doing at HBCU is to bring more light, bring more attention to the entire program there, the entire establishment. So maybe what Dion built in regards to the foundation that he laid, now hopefully they have people in place that can, can, can build on that foundation, you know, have a stable structure in place that can be there for years to come. Because he did, he, he in his three years there, he's done more than any other coach as of late. Right that has been able to do. And because and, of who he is, his image, his persona, his, his ability to, you know, be the ultimate car salesman, speak extremely well in what he wants to have happen and have, he has the backing and the resources. That's what a lot of coaches in the HBCU don't have. So for the right. ones that don't have that persona like Dion, what can they do? They're going to need help in getting things done. And that's why I think the powers that be got to step in. Right. And uh, what I think what needs to happen as well as trying to find a way, because we know obviously the HBCUs, they have like booster clubs. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, because Ryan was telling me this, I think they have booster clubs, but obviously they don't carry the same weight, you know, as a, you know, LSU or Florida State or, you know, another Alabama, you know, those, you know, the list goes on. But find a way for, I don't know how we can do this, but, the NFL, because they obviously they donate to so many communities and, you know, so many different, um, you know, causes, find a way to build like an HBCU pot or HBCU bowl and be able to dispute, you know, money. Hey, you use some of that fine money, that fine I, pot. Yeah, that too. Use some <laughs> of the fine money. We, we never, we never, we, we, we think about all the times players have been found. We don't know what they do with the money. Right. Because think about it. Going by the, going by uh going going to another sport, golf. You know, I love golf. Mm -hmm. And it's a ton of HBCUs out there that have great golf players, but they don't have the same the, the same facilities mm. that you know some of these power five, you know, colleges may have. They don't have the same visibility. Mm. that some of these power five, you know, colleges may have. So find a way to just to bring awareness on just HBCU sports in general, um, I think, you know, is, uh, is, is still, you know, the fight, you know, just not only in football, just to HBCU in general, you know. So, um, I, you know, I appreciate what Dion has started. Now it's just going to be up to us, you know, to continue – to keep the name alive, to continue to keep the culture alive and continue to try to build it, continue to build it, you know, as big, as big as it can be. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Let's see exactly what happens in regards to HBCU moving forward. And let's see what happens with the success of Dion being at the University of Colorado. You know, he's already doing some major things in recruiting. Of course, that's no surprise. Let's see exactly what happens when he finishes this recruiting class and, of course, get ready for football season next year in 2023. Well, Pat P, 
outstanding conversations for you guys that are listening to us. We appreciate you on any podcast platform you know, you're hearing us on. And when it comes to our YouTube watches as well, make sure you hit us with some comments in our comment section. Oftentimes we love to read them out and have back and forth with, with you guys as well. So Pat P, next up, the Indianapolis Colts, Saturday, Minnesota, Saturday football. Man, he takes you back to your college days, LSU. And you know, you yes, put sir. on for the city many a Saturdays when he was rock, yes, rocking sir. that purple and gold. Same colors, same day, different team. So you know what time it is. Last time you played on a Saturday, you remember that? Who was your last Saturday game, regular season game? My last regular season, regular season, my last Saturday, well, regular season was against Ole Miss. I got a pick. That was the last Saturday against Ole Miss. Last Saturday. It was a high-scoring game, too. I think it was like, man, it was like 50-something to 40-something. Uh-huh. We had, we got, they had the court. That was the year they uh, got the transfer from uh, Oregon. I can't remember his name, but he was a big-time quarterback for Oregon at the time. Ah. Uh. I, I know, I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, oh, but he man. ended up uh, transferring to those guys uh, to Ole Miss that year, and we. Oh him. man, what's his name, man? Uh, Mosley? Uh, no. It was a slug. But hold on, let me let me look it up real quick. Man, I got his last name. He was number right. eight. Yep. Give me a second. Moselli. That's who it was. Maselli, yep. That's who it was. I, yep. I was close. Jeremiah. I knew it was the elf. Yeah, war number eight. Maselli. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, he, uh, it was a slugfest. It was a, it was, oh, it was 30, 47, 36. I thought it was higher than that, but that's still yeah. a high scoring game. Mosley. I was almost there. For all you yeah, listeners and watchers who think y'all know more than me, y'all can challenge me anytime when it comes to players because ain't too many players I don't remember. I can't call out. I almost got Mosley. <laughs> I was almost there. I said Maselli, but I remember. War number yeah. eight. War number yeah. eight. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. That's who it was. Uh, you guys actually played Arkansas the week after. So you played Arkansas after Ole Miss. So Arkansas was your last game. Oh, you okay. Know, you, yeah. yeah, so Arkansas was the last. Oh, man, you dang sure right, man. I'll never forget, man. We gave up a dang on. We was in cover two. Uh, I think it was Moe and Carnell Hatchard, man. And they threw a uh, they threw it right up the scene right before halftime. And I think they that, that put them up seven. And we never could really – Catch momentum in that in that same game. It's crazy how we can remember these football plays. I'm back going for a punt. The dang on football hits the uh, the cam. The, the cam, uh, the sky the, cam, the, the, the sky cam. Man, wow. hit the sky cam, man. The, 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 it did. It did hit the cam. Hit the the the, the rope. The cord. Yeah, the cord. Uh huh. And they didn't. They didn't re-kick the ball, man. They should, that should have been a, a, a dang on interference. Yeah. Ryan Mallet was the quarterback. Cause it hit Arkansas. the uh, it hit the thing, and then it hit one of our players, and they recovered the ball back. And mm. we was like, man, "That's a, that's a kick interference, man." That should, I, I, should I, be a re kick. Yes, bro. And they did not end up re kicking. Yet Ryan Ryan was a quarterback. Ryan Mallet. Yeah, that was that was a good game too. But we uh-huh. win that game. I think we playing a Sugar Bowl because we only lost one game up until that point. And that was in against Auburn against Cam Newton. Team. And you lost that game, so y'all go to the Citrus Bowl, right? Yeah, we lost that game. Go to the Citrus Bowl and play. No, we went to the Cotton Bowl. Cotton we Bowl. Played Texas and m Yeah, and that was before Ryan Tannehill. That was before Ryan, <laughs> that was before A&M was in the SEC. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill was in. So your last your last game was in the Cotton Bowl. Yep, that was like a Monday, I think. Uh-huh. Monday or yeah, it was it was it wasn't a weekend. I know that for sure. 
in Dallas okay. Cowboys Stadium. AT&T. AT&T. Friday. That was a Friday game. Friday night. Yes, sir. Well, Saturday night football. Go get you one, Pat P. Yes, sir. Go get you one. Hey, Go and get the 11 and 3. Hey, man, my job's starting to shake. Hey, man. My, hey, hey, Matt. Watch out hey, now. Hey, remember Leroy Butler? Leroy said, hi, this man got dreads and he just had a fade. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy. Hey, my, real. There's all Leroy. P2 here. This ain't no, no extension here, cat. No question. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Pat. Go ahead and get you all one. Right, baby. And I will have the football for you guys. Well, it depends on how fast he can get it to me. For our next episode, I have the football here signed from P2. It's an interception. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. There we have it. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.